This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us and for following Working Like Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my co-host is my amazing service dog, Lovey. And we're so excited to be with you today to talk about, as you know, our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we're super excited to have the expert analyst of one of our favorite shows, NBC's National Dog Show. And as you know, that is broadcasted every year on Thanksgiving. And we have one of the best names in the canine world with us today, and that is Mr. David Fry. And if that wasn't enough, the National Dog Show, um, did you also know that David is a prolific writer and he actually is the founder of the nonprofit Angel on a Leash? I mean, he's just got so much history with the service dog world. And he's here today to talk with us about another awesome activity that he's chairing, and that's the National Dog Show Therapy Dog Symposium, which we really want to hear all about. And this year is going to be virtual, which will give the opportunity for a lot more people like myself to participate. So come back after these quick, important messages from our sponsor, because we have so much to talk with David Fry about today. So come right back. Are you listening to this right now with a cell phone clenched between your teeth as you frantically flip pages on your paper calendars? Or are you a new breed of groomer, bred for speed and efficiency of movement? 123 Pet Software automates your communications, doing the reminding, confirming, thanking, and marketing for you. 123 Pet centralizes your schedule, employees, clients, inventory, and more. 123 Pet is the business management software you need. Start minding your business today. Visit 123petsoftware.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so excited to have David Fry with us. Hello, David, and welcome. Hi, Marcy. Great to be on with you. I'm looking forward to chatting about my favorite subject, of course, dogs and all the great things they do for people. And, of course, uh, the dog show. So, Yes, we have so many things to talk about today. I am a huge fan of yours and the National Dog Show. I feel like I have Thanksgiving with you every year, David. It is such a part of our family tradition. It's wonderful. And I have to ask you, first of all, tell us about this year's National Dog Show and how it might be different due to the pandemic that we're all experiencing. Well, we're all very much aware and responsive to our concerns about the health and safety of, of all of our people and our dogs as well. And, and uh, we're abiding by the rules and the guidelines that are given to us by the, the government in, Phil- in uh, Philadelphia, which actually is Montgomery County. It's out in a suburb called Oaks, Pennsylvania. But, and that includes no spectators. It includes a minimal a limit on the number of people that can be in the building at any one time. 
And uh, I think that's the starting point. All of our handlers have to be wearing masks. All of our judges are wearing masks. The dogs, however, are not wearing masks, but we're all socially distancing, including the dogs. And uh, we think when the dog show finally gets to television, you're not going to notice much of a difference in terms of the competition. You're going to see and have fun with our cutout audience. Cutouts, just like they have at sporting events all year round. And, and my own cutouts are sitting behind me. These are my dogs that, that uh, were actually in T-Mobile Park all summer long for the Mariners, the Seattle Mariners. And, and we just got the cutouts back. So we think you'll notice some differences, but I think when it comes right down to it with the dogs and the competition, it'll be pretty much the, you know, the same old uh, national dog show now in its 19th year. Wow. Wow. Well, I love all the groups um, on the dog show, but my favorite, of course, as you can imagine, is that working group. Oh, I get so excited when they come on. Um, is there anything we should be keeping an eye out for in that working group this year, David, that you can share with us? Any thoughts about that? Well, we have three new breeds this year, and one of them is in the working group, and that's the Dogo Argentino, which is a hunting dog that, that's bred. It's a substantial dog, and it's because and it's because it's bred to hunt wild boar and mm. uh, cougar, puma. So that's a dog you'll get to see in the working group, the new breed. And another new breed is the Barbet, which is a, a French sporting dog, uh, lots of black curly hair. The parent club of the Barbets even calls it a, a Muppet-looking sort of <laughs> dog, which which is fun. Then we have a third new breed that couldn't quite get there because we have ch a championship requirement to help limit our numbers this year. We had to limit the numbers. And uh, they didn't get recognized until July 1st, so they really didn't have a chance to, to come up with a champion. But we invited a Belgian Lacanois to come to the dog show as the third new breed. And we're going to do a little piece with the three new breeds so you get to see them. The, the Lacanois is in the uh, herding group, one of four Belgian breeds. So that's always fun. The new breeds, we call them new breeds, but they're newly recognized by the AKC. Some of them have been around for hundreds or even thousands of years. And, and uh, we love being able to share these new dogs, the new breeds, and along with all of our other breeds. I think that's part of the beauty of our show is we're educating people about what dogs were originally bred to do and what their temperaments and personalities and needs are. Uh, in case you're thinking about adding one to your family. Yeah, I know. I love all of that information that you provide every year. I learned so much when I watched the National Dog Show about the breeds. How many breeds are there now, David? Well, officially recognized by the American Kennel Club, there's 208 breeds and varieties that are eligible for competition. And, and a, a variety is a division of a breed that's based on coat, color, or size. Like, there's three different sizes of poodles, the toy, the miniature, and the standard, for example. And they compete separately. Even though they're all the same breed, they compete separately in advance if they win. So, so we have 208 of them, and actually we have 178 at our show, which, which is amazing considering we had a 600-dog limit for the entry because of all of our requirements in terms of capacity of, of the venue and things. So, so we've got a great selection of dogs for you to see, and you'll see most of them. You'll see all of them on Thanksgiving Day, some more than others. Mm, that's incredible. I can't wait. Like I said, it's definitely, we eat our pecan pie and ice cream and watch it. And that's, that's definitely our tradition at our house. Well, yeah. as we always say, if you're watching the screen, this dog's running right into your living room, right into your Thanksgiving day table and, and, uh, going to line up for its turkey leg somewhere. Yes. 
Yeah, with all the changes, it's so nice to have those things that we're used to. So I'm so glad that 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 can continue and that we really may not see that much of a difference as as you're describing. That's comforting, David. You'll you'll hear a, a bit of a difference because there are no spectators allowed. So we have that, but that's why we have the cutouts. We may pipe in a little sound just for ambiance, but but I think basically it's all about the dogs. And we say that all the time. The dogs are the stars here. Um, I've got a big star as my co-host, of course, and John O'Hurley, uh, yeah. Mr. Peter from Mr. Seinfeld. And stars and, and everything else. So we have a great time. We've been together on the show now for 19 years. So um, so we think that we hope that we're part of the show, but we know it's all about the dogs. And that's what we're we're there to talk to you about. Yeah, well, you do a beautiful job with it. It is so informative, it's educational, and it's so fun to see all those cutie pies going around. Yeah. Yeah, no mistake about it. The dogs are the stars, and John and I are cute in our own way, but but it's about the dogs, and, and we want you to see the difference in the dogs and ask yourself some questions. Hopefully, we're answering the questions like, you know, what's the deal on that poodle haircut? You know, yes, or, yes. Or, story on this dog, what was it bred to do and you know why the size is it you know each dog is judged against its form to function what they were bred to do and how they should be built to best do that job and those are the things that we talk about and we think people will get the most out of yeah absolutely yeah you always answer whatever my husband and I are thinking or we're talking about and we love it how you always then will will provide that information that we want to know so yeah well we will be watching we definitely will be watching and with you that day well we also want to talk with you and hear about the other wonderful thing that you're involved with and that is the National Dog Show Therapy Dog Symposium tell us about that well, I'm very involved with therapy dogs and have been uh, for a long time. My Angel Unleashed charity in New York City created and administered therapy dog programs in a lot of different places, uh, ranging from uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Uh, we were the first dogs ever allowed in there uh, as therapy dogs, and, and we had a pilot program on one floor, and now it's all over the hospital. We were the first dogs allowed, first therapy dogs officially allowed into the Ronald McDonald House of New York City. That brought us to the Ronald McDonald House of Philadelphia, which uh, is a great friend of ours with Jimmy Murray, one of the original co-founders. And ultimately, Steve Griffith, our PR guy, created the National Dog Show Therapy Dog Ambassador Team, from which the uh, from which the symposium grew. We're doing this is our second year of doing the symposium with you know a, a star-studded lineup of speakers and uh, to talk about therapy dogs and to talk about dogs in general. And, and uh, that's out at Rowan University. They have the Schreiber Pet Therapy Department there. And uh, Michelle Pick, uh, who's involved with them, who's part of their staff and one of our great therapy dog people, she helped create this program along with Steve Griffith. And uh, it's an afternoon, an afternoon long event that brings therapy dog people together from all over the world because we're doing it virtually this year. Last year, we only did it on location, and uh, hopefully next year, we, we will do some combination of both, but uh, with 250 registrations for this year's event. But, but uh, we talk about all the things. You know, therapy dogs are difficult now because a lot of it is hands-on, and it's mm-hmm. personal visiting. We can't do that right now. And some of the concepts that are going to be spoken about at the, at the uh, symposium include kind of how we're adjusting to this new normal, how we can do things with our therapy dogs it's still touch people. It's not going to be able to be a touchy-feely sort of thing, but rather through video and, and uh, again, remotely. So 
we think there's some great things that are going to come from this symposium. But, you know, we're working with our dogs, so there's always great things no matter what we're doing. Yeah. Well, that is so important. I know. I'm I'm actually going through training myself right now to get my successor dog. Lovey will be retiring soon. And it really has changed the whole way that I'm interacting with my trainer. And that is something we've also been talking about with therapy dogs. And I, I'm so glad you brought that up because there are other ways, like everything, we can adapt and be flexible and find other ways to communicate and interact. So, yeah, I've been hearing about therapy dogs that they're doing a lot of of Zoom sessions with people <laughs> and, and different yeah. things where they can have that communication with someone, but just in a safer and distant way. Yeah. Anything well, else course, that you've seen? Of course, we want, we want our service dogs to have continued access and not have any issues. So part of it's an educational process about the difference between service dogs and therapy dogs. Therapy dogs don't have that same kind of access that service dogs do, rightfully so. Right. And so we're constantly educating people as we talk about therapy dogs. And they say, oh, you can take them on an airplane. And I said, no, you can't. That's not what therapy dogs are all about. I said, service dogs, yes. We want to be careful. We're getting a lot of pretenders out there that, mm-hmm. that are trying to take advantage of the system that, that uh, I'm not very happy with. But there doesn't seem to be much we can do about it just yet. You're in the middle of that, so you would well understand some of the Absolutely. It's a huge issue. Some of the challenges are multiplied by the fact that there are people out there who don't deserve that access and don't have legitimate service dogs but claim they do. And that kind of takes away from your rights. And and we know that we're out there uh, battling for you and Lovey as well as as the new dog. And and, uh, we will continue to do so. But our hope... Our whole thing is about dogs and what they do for the people that they're with, whether they're service dogs or therapy dogs, it is, uh, you know, it all comes together at the end. Yeah, and it is so important that that everyone really have that understanding, just as you said, that's an excellent point about what a dog's job really is and what's appropriate for them and how they do or do not have public access. And people really are confused about therapy dogs and what their rights are really. And I know I'm always answering questions about that and trying to educate people because therapy dogs are amazing and they have such a wonderful purpose. But as you said, if it's not respected and treated appropriately, then it certainly can be an issue for people like myself and our listeners who have assistance dogs and hearing dogs and guide dogs that really depend on our dogs for our independence. So yeah, I just love that you're such an advocate for all of these different types of dogs and their important roles that they play. To speak about service dogs and to speak about working dogs and the great things that they do, one of our speakers at the symposium is Dr. Cindy Otto from the University of Pennsylvania Vet School. She's overseeing and training and and, uh, creating a whole new program with dogs that are COVID-19 alert dogs. Yes, so cool. And they're teaching them about scent work and things like that to be able to alert on people who are carrying the virus or who are sick themselves. And uh, that's a very important piece of work, obviously, in this day and age. So you'll get to hear from her at our symposium. And and uh, she's doing great work every single day. Yeah, I love her in that program. It's phenomenal. Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian, just, just written a new book called Fear Free, which is helping you, uh, helping you help your dog 
uh, live a fear-free life. He says, taking the pet out of petrified. So, uh, yeah. So we're, we think we're doing a lot of good things for dogs, for therapy dogs at the symposium. We think we continue to do that with the dog show, talking in general terms about all of the breeds and what they're bred to do. And some of the individual dogs within those breeds that have interesting stories to tell. We try to share those with it, as, as many of those as we can, as we have time for. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, I love it. Well, we are going to take just a quick break and hear some of those important messages from our sponsors that we love. And we're going to come back and, and keep visiting with David Fry. We have a lot more to talk about. So come right back. Poor Sam was a mess, always itching, licking. His paws were soaking wet. He had bald spots on his back. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Help your dog from the inside out with Caniotic Daily Probiotic for Dogs. Caniotic's superior and exclusive technology makes it the only dog probiotic from the dog for the dog. Your dog's gastrointestinal tract is important to their well-being, and a daily dose of Caniotic is one easy way you can support it. Caniotic, C-A-N-I-O-T-I-C, is available on Chewy.com. Add it to your cart today and give it a try. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're visiting today with national dog show host David Fry. And David, you were telling us all about your wonderful therapy dog symposium, which I'm so excited about. And I just want to ask you really quickly, will it be available as a recording? It's so great how so many things now have a longer lifespan than just the day of an event. Can we get access to it afterwards as a recording? Yes, we can. We'll get that posted on our Pet Life Radio Working Like Dogs site so that our listeners will have access to that. That's so fabulous. You know, uh, the pandemic has been so difficult and heartbreaking, but it also has given a lot of opportunities. I know for myself as a person with a disability, I've had access to take classes I've been dreaming of taking my whole life all over the world. And, And this is just another example of that, of having access to this wonderful information and these incredible speakers. It's just, it's fabulous. Well, we love sharing what the great work that our dogs do and just on at the other end of the leash too, that the people are doing as well in terms of making those dogs available and training them to be great therapy dogs. And, and uh, so the, the, the symposium and our national dog show uh, therapy dog ambassador team are all good parts of that. They continue to visit as as groups and individually all around the Philadelphia area. My charity, Angel on a Leash, when I moved west, I sort of shut the charity down, but turned it over to Steve Kramer in the in a Philadelphia suburb. And Steve uh, has brought Angel on a Leash back, and he's got all kinds of teams working for Angel on a Leash there, and we're excited about that. They just did a, a two-week-long virtual dog walk to raise money for, for uh, the charity. 
And, uh, you know, that's another example of what we're able to do virtually to get more people involved, actually. Yeah, yeah. We've always had a charity dog walk for the National Dog Show charities. This year, we couldn't do that. Uh, We're trying to figure out a way to do that next year again. But there's always something that people and their dogs can jump in and be involved in in some way. And we're excited to do those things every year. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, tell us a little bit. So what does Angels on a Leash do? What is their mission? Well, basically, it's to train dogs and their people to be ready to be in a therapy dog program at some health organization, whether it's a hospital like Sloan Kettering or at the Ronald McDonald House or in schools and, and other hospitals and healthcare places that that uh, sometimes just walking in with the dog makes all the difference in the world. Because as yeah. I said, the, when a dog walks into the room, the energy changes and that's the starting point. I visited at the Ronald McDonald House for years. My wife worked there as their director of family support and, and my dogs, and we lived very close. So my dogs were in there probably two, three, four times a week. And uh, dealing with kids, the Ronald McDonald House in New York is a cancer only uh, facility basically, but it's for kids with cancer who come to New York for cancer treatments or clinical trials or th- surgeries, and they come from all over the world. And the Ronald McDonald House is a home away from home for them and their families to stay there for like $35 a night, which is almost always paid by some charity. And it's kind of family living. It's like living in a dormitory almost, but visiting with the dog there trying to bring back some sense of normalcy to uh, to the child and its family. And uh, my friend, Bill Sullivan, who was the CEO at the Ronald McDonald House would always say to me, you know, these dogs get the kids to smile. And when you make the kids smile, that, that gets the parents to smile too. Yes, and, it does. Uh, yeah, and it's a big part of the treatment. I mean, dogs, we've shown that interaction with dogs lowers your blood pressure, lowers your heart rate, lowers your respiratory rate, increases the, the flow of the good hormones and just generally can help the healing process by making you feel better. And we're not healers, but we're dealing with some of the symptoms that happen that that uh, some in some way doing those things helps. So we go all over the place doing things, and it's all over the country. When I had Uno, you know, I did Westminster on television for 27 years, and when Uno won Best in Show at Westminster in 2008, I think we, we went around the country doing all kinds of things just as – the fact that he had was the winner. And uh, well, when we would hit a city, we would almost always visit the Ronald McDonald House in that city. So I trained Uno to be a therapy dog and used and had, had him, I was his partner. And we went a lot of places and did a lot of things together, so. Yeah, it's a gift to the people that, that you get to interact with, that the dogs to watch that interaction is such a gift, not only for the patients, but for you as a handler. It's just the most wonderful thing. I actually, Lovey is dual trained. When I got her as a service dog, I actually went through the training to get her trained as a therapy dog as well. And it is so lovely to see that. My friend, Mike Langenfelter, who had who had Dakota, got first got Dakota as his own personal therapy dog to help him get out of the house. And, and uh, he had a heart issue. The dog helped him get out of the house and exercise as a therapy dog. And Mike got involved with therapy dog work because he couldn't work because he had a, a, an unstable angina attack too often. It was like a heart attack almost. And uh, after having the dog and being involved with therapy dog work, um, the dog started to alert on him every once in a while. And Mike didn't realize at the time he thought the dog was acting up and that made Mike upset. Well, what he figured out finally was that the dog was, was alerting on him 
10, 15 minutes before he was going to have one of these attacks. So it allowed Mike to take his medication in advance and head off some of the worst parts of the attack and allowed Mike to go back to work and do things. So the dog became, in essence, his service dog. It was a self-trained service dog. That, so cool. An alert dog. So cool. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. The book is called The Angel by My Side by Mike Lingenfelter and David Fry. And it was an award-winning book. We're proud of it. And and it was, mm. it was very nice. I also wrote a book called Angel on a Leash that's about all my Angel on a Leash and therapy dog work and some of our uh, Westminster adventures in there to talk about how the therapy dogs have affected my life and the people that we touched with our therapy dogs. And and uh, we've got a lot of the Westminster winners involved in that as well. And a lot of great things out there that our dogs are doing and that uh, I'm happy to share with people. Yeah. Well, you've just been such an advocate for service dogs and therapy dogs. Really, you were at the very beginning of that, at the grassroots level of that. And yeah, what got you started as wanting to be an advocate for service dogs? Well, when I met Sherry, my wife, uh, she was she had just quit her high-paying job at Starbucks and for working in product development. She had a master's in chemistry, but she um, was going back to school to get her master's in theology and, and was writing her master's thesis on animal-assisted therapy. Mm. And and uh, we got together to talk about that, and eventually, you know, one thing led to another, and, and as we say on Seinfeld, yada, yada, and now we're married and, and going full speed uh, with all of this therapy dog stuff. But I was sort of her dog wrangler while she was doing her uh, master's thesis, bringing dogs to her presentations and things. But she really got me, I knew a lot about therapy dogs before. That's how she came to me was that she had heard me talk about therapy dogs on television. And, and uh, but she's the one who got me really involved in the hands-on part of it. And with her two Britneys, um, I got involved with them. Ty and I, the male Brittany, visited the Bailey Boucher AIDS Hospice in Seattle. That was our first place to visit and that's 20 years ago. And that was kind of tough duty back then. There were still, mm. and there still are, let's not downplay it, but there still are a lot of people that are dying from AIDS every day. But back then it was really, it was really kind of a, in many cases, a hopeless cause, but things have gotten better there. But, but when we were there, it really brought out the idea that not only are we visiting patients, but we're visiting their families who are there with them in support and the medical staff that's there, the medical professionals who are there to take care of those people that we would come once a week. And every week when we came back, the first 10, 15 minutes was interacting with the staff because in that week's time, they had probably lost a couple of people that Ty and I had visited the week before. And the staff had probably been taking care of them for quite some time as well. And uh, so part of what we do is for everybody. And, uh, and I'm quite proud of that work with Ty. It's always about the dog. You know, people say, geez, uh, I did an interview on the Today Show with Meredith Vieira once. And she asked me, she says, what are you thinking about when the dog's interacting with people? I said, I'm thinking, stay out of their way. And, and it really is all about letting the dog be yes. there. I'm just the guy on the end of the leash. I got to keep the dog out of trouble. I can't let him get tangled up in any IV tubes or or step in the middle of somebody's sutures or something. But basically, I got to protect the dog, protect the patient, and let them interact. And that's that's part of what it's all about. Yeah, that's a great way to define it for people, really, of what it is. You've got the star on a leash. 
Yep. And that's <laughs> and that's so wonderful to get to be on the other end of that leash. They're just the dog transporter and treat care. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. I know when I'm out in public, I always have people yelling, Hey lovey, hey lovey, and, and what was your name again? I'm like, I'm just Lovey's mom. <laughs> you know yep. works, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think is the is the greatest lesson that you've learned from your all of your work with therapy dogs and, and service dogs? I've learned to be more accepting and more spontaneous and and uh, more interactive with people. Um, one of the things living in New York City, I lived on the Upper East Side and my office uh, at Westminster was in Midtown. And occasionally I would walk. It was a little over a mile to walk to work and bring one of the dogs with me. I mean, Belle, the female Brittany, who did a lot of travel, a lot of stuff with me, she and I would walk to work and we'd walk down Park Avenue of all places. And there was a church on Park Avenue that had a courtyard next to it where a lot of people would be sleeping on cardboard in this church courtyard. And we walked by one morning, the very first time this happened, we walked by one morning and a guy sort of sat up from his cardboard and, and saw us and whistled at Bell. And Bell's ears perked up and I said, let's go talk to him. Let's go see what's going on. So we went over and spoke to him and talked about his life and how, he, you know, we didn't, we don't analyze these people. We interact with them. And and he, but he basically told us his story, how he ended up where he is, but that he used to have dogs growing up and had dogs uh, in a previous life. And we would talk and we would see him, you know, once or twice a week as we were walking. And, and um, one day I was walking that route to work without a dog. And I looked over and saw the guy and I went over and visited with him myself. And I, you know, it was not, it was not about the dog at that point. It was about a, an act of humanity, if you will. Yeah. That I said, this is something my dog has taught me. And we joke about it, but I think, you know, I used to think, what would Bell do? And Bell would go over and see this guy. So I'm going to go see this guy and I'll go home and tell Bell we saw him. And he said to say hello. And, oh. and uh, the dog brought on a lot of things like that. And walking the streets of New York, I call it my ministry on the streets that that people could stop us at any point. And it's people of all all kinds of people, whether it's the panhandler that sits in a wheelchair in front of St. Patrick's Church named Robert was another guy that came to be a close friend of ours through all of that. And and a lot of these guys, they're not there forever. Uh, you know, they're either, you know, in a fragile situation in their living, but also maybe they relocate for some reason or somebody gets them into a, into a home or somebody brings them home to the family or whatever. But the dog's opened that up to me and by by being you know they don't care what somebody looks like they don't care what they how they dress they don't care how much money they have they just want to interact everybody's got a treat for them of some kind whether it's whether it's a pet or whether it's a treat that i hand them behind my back to give to the dog so that the dog thinks wow this guy's got treats for me let's get over and see him this morning I love that so much that, oh, yes, that's the best part of dogs, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, it really is. is. That, and, and, yes, uh, non-judgment. Yeah. yeah, I love judgment. Grace and I, Grace and I, uh, the, the next generation of Brittany, uh, Grace and I would visit the VA hospital in New York City every Wednesday, faithfully. And, and it's because I'm their demographic. I'm, I'm a veteran. I'm a guy, I'm a, you know, a male, and I'm in their age group. So it was very easy for me to relate to these guys and have the nurses there who loved Grace, who loved us and loved what we did, always be on the watch for us. Say, hey, you need to go see this patient in this room. He's a Vietnam veteran. So we go and, and we talk to him. And not only, as it turns out, not only is he a Vietnam veteran, he is, was a dog handler in Vietnam. 
So he's hugging Mon Bell and telling me stories about how his dog in Vietnam saved his life three, four, five times. And uh, and by the time it's done, by the time he's done telling the story, he's crying, I'm crying. The nurses came with us, was crying. And those kinds of things happen all the time. We visit a guy that, that was in the early stages of dementia. We walked by his room one day and, and I said to the nurse, I said, I don't think I've ever visited this guy. And she says, oh, that's Anthony. We can't go in there. He's almost 90 He's in the early stages of dementia. He gets upset when somebody comes in his room and he talks in battle. He doesn't, you know, in, in gibberish. So I said, well, that sounds exactly like the kind of guy we should go visit. And we walked in there and he put his hands on, on Grace's face, on the side of her face, drew her gently towards him, started smiling and talking softly to her Aww. in gibberish. But he spoke to her. He spoke to me. And I said, that's right. She's her name's Grace. She comes in here every week. He says something else in gibberish. I said, yeah, she is beautiful, isn't she? So again, I'm crying. The nurse is crying because you've never seen this guy interact with anybody. And it was a thing that, that Grace was able to do. And then the other thing that we did at the VA, we, we got involved with the PT and the OT, the physical trainer, the physical therapist and the occupational therapist, and helping people learn how to use a new limb, for example. Mm-hmm. We got a new prosthetic arm. Grace is helping them. We're giving them a treat to hold in their prosthetic hand. They're operating it with Bluetooth from their feet. And they're, you know, raise their hand, lower their hand, turn their hand over, reach down, pet the dog. And Grace, this is kind of a little humming going on with the limb, but Grace is just standing there like, you know, it's just another day at the office for her. And these guys are interacting with her and she's, and the, and the therapist would say, you know, I've been working all week to get him to do that. And your dog got him to do that in five minutes. That's oh, what we're all about. What powerful connections. And it's like you're in the presence of magic. It really is. It's this magic yeah, happening all around you. And I'm, I'm just the one carrying the rabbit in the hat. (laughs) (laughs) Which is an important job. Yes. (laughs) Well, David, we could visit with you all day. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing every day to advocate for all of us. Myself. Thank you, Marcy. I will share that. Thank you with all of my dogs through the years. Um, Ty and Bell and Grace and Angel and our upcoming therapy dog star, which is another cavalier named True Dad. So we're all uh, going to keep fighting the battles and keep doing what we do. That's right. Well, and we will be watching you on Thanksgiving Day on the National Dog Show on NBC. So looking noon forward to, to that. Noon to two in all time zones. We say uh, dogs until two, and then you can give the remote control to the football people at that point. But, that's right. Uh, yep, that's right. It's, it's come join like us at the dog show. We will. Thank you so much, David. Thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We love to hear from you. So please keep those emails coming. And you know you can reach us at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And we love seeing your photos. And we love hearing your ideas about who you want to hear as a future guest on the show. So please keep those coming, too. But thank you so much for being with us. We love to hear from you and take good care. Bye, everybody. Hug your dogs. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.